I just wanted to continue with what we've been uh, speaking about and focusing on, which has been the Lord's Prayer. And it's just been so powerful. And there's a real like realignment in that prayer. And um, I think yesterday I messaged Julian and I just apologise for how chaotic things have been um, lately. And um, and I said, I'm sorry, you know, it's just been so busy and everything's chaos and the house is chaos and there's so much on. And he wrote back, uh, he texted back, he'd been listening to Pastor Brian's last message from a couple of weeks ago uh, when we were at Maui that week and, um, and God just gave him a key and it was to come back to the Lord's Prayer uh, and to pray it together as a family twice a day because when we did that for three weeks, it's like everything just flowed. Everything we flowed together as a family and everything worked. Um, and sometimes, you know, our answer to the busyness of life could be, oh, we've got to eliminate, let's get rid of all these things and let's not go to that anymore and whatever. Um, we've always felt that before we, and you can do that, that's normal, um, but, we, but sometimes there's a spiritual aspect to it and it doesn't matter how much you rearrange the calendar and do reshuffle things in the natural. It's like if you're not flowing in a place in the Spirit together and with God, then it's still chaos. <laughs> and, um, and I just wanted to continue on. I think last time I spoke about the, um, the, first, the first line, our Father who is in heaven. Um, and I wanted to progress to that line, give us this day our daily bread. Um, there is so much in this for, I, I really believe that God is speaking for our lives right now and for the world we live in and the things that people are facing. Um, and I just really have it on my heart. There's, you know, a lot of people facing difficult things. Um, and also there's a lot of difficulties in the world that people are completely unaware about. And it's, you know, it's, it's a difficult time in the world. And I just really believe that God is wanting to, to position His church like, just like we've been saying, there is an alignment in the Lord's Prayer. God is wanting to align His church under His open heaven in His protection so that we are in a place of not only safety, but we become a place of safety for the rest of the world, for the people who are struggling. So give us this day our daily bread. This, you know, it does speak of provision, of natural things, of the food we need to eat, but it's more than that. It speaks of the spiritual sustenance we need every single day from our Heavenly Father. So um, just as your body needs nourishment to grow, your spirit does as well. Your spirit needs daily bread. And uh, the daily bread uh, is actually interpreted in Scripture where uh, in John 4, Jesus was weary from a long journey. Uh, the disciples went to the city to buy food while He sat near a well. And while He was waiting there, He struck up a conversation with a woman and that's the woman at the well. Um, and it all started with Him asking, give me a drink, because the Bible makes it clear that He, he was hungry, He was thirsty, He was weary. But uh, she, he never got a drink through this whole encounter with this woman at the well. But it ended with her saying, you're the Messiah. And she went to the city. She got every man of the city uh, to come and meet him. And, um, and the, the disciples came back and, and they were asking, you know, did anyone, they saw Jesus who they left weary. And when they came back, 
he wasn't weary anymore. And they were saying, you know, who, who gave him food or who gave him drink? What, what's going on here? And he turned to them and said, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. And the work that day was to set that woman free, transform her life and to uh, witness to the men of that city. And that actually... You know, to us, we think, oh, that's more ministry. You know, that was another task. But to him, that is actually a place in the Spirit where when you do what God is asking you to do, you actually come to a whole nother level of sustenance, provision, strength. You renew your strength. You know, that's what happened. So um, this morning when we talk about our daily bread, that is the first interpretation, actual bread. That's the provision, everything that you need that, that God gives to you. Um, we say grace before our meal because we acknowledge that God makes it all happen. <laughs> but the second is that there is a spiritual aspect to it and that is to do His will and to finish His work. And I think that's really important to finish. A lot of us start things, but we don't finish it. And if you start but don't finish, you just get frustrated and overwhelmed and overtired and... But to finish something that He's asked you to do actually brings so much strength into your life from Him. Um, so Jesus wasn't at that well because He wanted a drink. He wasn't there to wait for His disciples to bring Him food and drink. That was the natural circumstance. But in the Spirit, that there was a purpose. He was there on assignment to set that woman free. That was the sustenance He needed. So there is something that supersedes our natural needs. It's like, you know, just that little example. We were like, oh, it's chaos. What do we do? Um, yeah, we could shuffle around the calendar. We might still need to do that. But before we do that, we're going to come back to a place in the Spirit where where God just realigned our family again. We began flowing together and everything became productive and easier. Um, because we know that there is something that supersedes our natural calendars and our natural needs, and it's a place in the Spirit. The other um, interpretation of that of bread is when Jesus was led into the wilderness to be tempted by Satan for 40 days, he, you know, he fasted that entire time. And one of Satan's temptations was, if you're the Son of God, turn this stone into bread. Um, and it would have been tempting because he would have been hungry. Um, I don't know about you, but I'm terrible at fasting. <laughs> I've become a really big sook. And then by about day three or four, and I don't fast everything, it's just just sugar. If I just have to go off sugar for three days, I'm a mess. And But by day four, I'm like, yes, okay, good, I'm good, I'm there. But, you know, for 40 days with not nothing, uh, and you had the power to turn a stone into bread, that would be very tempting. <laughs> um, and Jesus' response was, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So there is a word that is proceeding out of the mouth of God for you every single day. That is your daily bread. That is what you need to build your life upon to bring sustenance into you, strength into you. Uh, and God speaks that. He's speaking that every day. So 
when we're talking about give us this day our daily bread, my, my heart is to help you tune your ear and align your life so you can actually hear what He's speaking to you, what the preceding word is. And you can take that daily bread that's on offer, digest it and take it into your spirit so you nourish your spirit and you grow strong. Um, so I'll, there'll be some keys to hearing later, but first I wanna spend a little bit of time just um, explaining what happens if we don't hear. And this is where I, I really appreciated John's message last week. There was so much in it that just kept going over and over in my mind and my spirit through the week. Um, you know, there is, John said, I think there is a, there is a cost to not hearing or not responding, or there's a cost to not um, not doing your assignment. Um, and, you know, what happens is if we don't hear and if we don't respond, often there is a shaking that comes. Um, and we are living in times of great shaking. Um, like economies, it's almost like the way I picture it is like, you know, people say about the economy, there's, it's like there's a lot of, you know, we're talking about inflation a lot lately, cost of living. It's not like there's a lot of levers to the economy. And if you just tweak one a little bit, everything can change very quickly. You have to like tweak a few and then a few more. And then, and it's almost like that's like the systems of the world at the moment. It's like there's, they're in a very fragile state of being. And if you just pull one string, it's like the whole thing's gonna fall apart. There, are, there, are, there is great shaking economically, politically, uh, even earthquakes through Victoria, <laughs> constantly happening, wars, global tensions. Um, you know, people are saying, and these, these aren't doomsday people, these are very respected political and economic commentators that, you know, the global, global tensions haven't been at this level since before World, World War II was about to break out. And uh, economic downturn looks very clear are very apparent. So things are really unsteady. And <clears throat> what I want to say to you this morning is that there is a way that we can survive that shaking and it's by heeding the voice of God. It is by listening to that preceding word. When you hear His voice, it actually repositions you in the Spirit. So in every Egypt, there's a Goshen. You know, in every flood, there's an ark. This morning, I, my heart is to bring you onto that ark and to bring you into that Goshen because I really believe deep down and I know that um, Pastor Brian really feels this urgency that the, the systems are failing. I don't wanna be like a doomsday Armageddon. I'm not saying that we all have to build a bunker and, you know, <laughs> collect baked beans or anything like that. But, but, but... God loves you and He prepares a way for you because He wants to save you. Um, and He also wants to bring a great number of souls into His kingdom through this time. So I just wanna get you to turn to 1 Corinthians 3, 9. So God always has a rescue plan and I hope today, it's like it's His daily bread. It's locked up in that and I hope today that I can I can help you see that and connect to it and begin moving to it. Uh, 
So times of shaking can be simultaneously disastrous for some and a time of great blessing for others. The same event, two polar opposite outcomes. Uh, and the, the Bible talks about uh, times of shaking a, a lot and it also talks about the day of the Lord. And this is a day where God like intervenes into the affairs of man and they're, they're very similar. So in 1 Corinthians 3, 9 to 13, it says, For we are God's fellow workers, you are God's field, you are God's building. City builders, who are you? God's building. According to the grace of God, which was given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another builds on it. But let each one take heed how he builds on it. For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become clear for the day will declare it because it will be revealed by fire and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. If anyone's work which he has built on it endures, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved yet so as through fire. There are amazing keys in this Scripture. So firstly, we must know there is a purpose to every shaking. God does not shake things because He's cruel. That is not in His nature at all. Uh, He shakes things because He wants to save you. So in that Scripture, even the worst outcome is that He will save you. That is amazing. But it says you will suffer loss, but you will be saved. I would prefer to be in the previous category, which is the one that gets the reward. Does everyone want to get the reward? <laughs> okay, good. Listen to the message then. <laughs> so um, so <laughs> uh, in this Scripture, there is a blueprint for building your, with your life to withstand the shaking. Um, or even to be rewarded through the shaking, to be blessed through the shaking. So the building is us. It's each individual person. The first key is that you must allow someone to lay your foundation. So this was uh, Paul, the Apostle Paul, speaking to the church in Corinth. And he was saying, I lay the foundation of Jesus Christ. So the foundation is always the same, it's Jesus Christ, but it doesn't get laid without hands. It doesn't get laid automatically. Someone must be able to come to the site, which is your life, the building site, and lay that foundation. That foundation is the most critical stage of the building because everything else depends on how good that foundation is. So you need to allow someone to come into your life and lay that foundation of Jesus Christ. And I really believe that there is a great immaturity in the church today because we don't get past the first point. A lot of Christians don't get past the first stage because they don't allow anyone to come in and lay the foundation. Do you know, uh, before we built our house, we had to have a soil test. Um, and according to that test and what else was going on in the site, uh, there needs to be preparation works before a slab can be laid to make sure that that foundation is strong. So sometimes you need someone to come to your life, 
You were the building site to say, oh, that soil isn't good or there's a heap of junk in there or we've got to get rip that out and we've got to level it out before we can lay the foundation. That is a lot of work that goes into one concrete slab and there is a lot of work that goes into one foundation in one life, the foundation of Jesus Christ. Don't, it's like uh, God wants to build your life into a beautiful, enormous building. You know, He actually describes you as His temple of the Holy Spirit. If you go back and look in the Old Testament, you see the way uh, the temple was built according to the instruction God gave. It was, you think these are beautiful? This was. This is nothing. These chandeliers are nothing compared to that temple. It was beautiful, gold, precious stones. Uh, it was glorious. And God says, you are now my temple. But look at all these temples. How high are they being built? Or are they all foundation slabs? Or are they all not even site preparation works yet. So what I'm saying is God wants to build you. He wants to build you tall. He wants to build you strong. He wants to increase you, expand you. But it all starts with the foundation. Let someone into your life to build that foundation. I know who my foundation layer is. I've got no problems with that. And um, at times I've had to let him... Um, address things in my in my life that stop God from being able to build. Um, and that's all part of the, it's actually all part of the work. It's normal. But it's like, as soon as that happens, we can go, oh, no, don't want that. And we run away. But then you, you never get built. You never go, you never progress past stage one. So that's the first step. Um, if you're going to withstand a shaking, you need a strong foundation and you need someone who is going to lay that foundation, Jesus Christ. Sometimes um, there are people who believe in Jesus, but they also believe in a lot of other spiritualities and it's like a mixture. And you know, you can't lay a foundation on a mixture. You've got to lay it on one thing and that's Jesus Christ. Um Testing. The second key is about testing. There will always be times of testing. Um, there is times of testing on a micro scale, like on each in each individual life, that tests the work that has been built. There is testing on a macro scale, on a national scale, on an international scale. Um, but it's like the keys and the principles to survive it are, are the same. So what we have built will be tested by fire. That is an intense unit of measurement. <laughs> fire. I'm going to test it by fire. Um, so we, we are the building, but who is the fire? Yes. I was like, oh, I feel like Pastor Shay. Everyone's looking at me like, oh, don't ask questions, Heidi. Like, <laughs> they're like trick questions. Yes, Corey, you get a gold star. Uh, it's like the, the Bible says, our God is a consuming fire. He himself tests it. So he tests it with his fire. So there are elements of the building of your life that will be burned by him. You've got to let them go. They're the things that are unprofitable, that He's burning off your life, actually not because He's cruel, because He loves you. And there are elements that will be purified and refined by the fire. 
So this is where in times of testing, in times of shaking, you need to allow God to give you a big reality check. Otherwise, if you don't learn the lesson, you're just gonna be on fire again. (laughs) You're gonna be tested again. Um, And if you wanna move through it and learn everything you can from it, let Him give you a reality check. Open your eyes to what He is doing and see what areas of your life are being destroyed. Let them go and what areas are being refined. Build on them the right way. So that, you know, the day of the Lord, the shaking comes to test the building. It comes to test your life, what has been built into your life. You can't build tall and strong if if you're building a mishmash. Have you ever seen um, scaffolding in China? It is terrifying. <laughs> it's terrifying. There is no OHS. You can't build like that. <laughs> you know, God wants your building to be strong, to be square, um, and, and He's going to test it so that you can continue building on the right thing and you can let go of the wrong thing. Um, So, you know, there are maybe ideas and opinions you built areas of your life upon that failed. We've got to be prepared to detach from those things. There are so many things that I look back now at the wise old age of 40 and I'm like, oh, I remember when I tried that last time and it failed spectacularly. I'm not going to go back there. And it's like, It wasn't a really big deal, but it's just like a little bit of testing that God taught me His ways through the suffering. He teaches you through difficult times, through testing, through fire. And He reveals to you what His ways are, the right things to do, the right things to build. So um, we see two different outcomes at the end a reward for those who endure the shaking because they have built according to God's blueprint. And then those who suffer loss, but they'll be saved through the fire. So let God cut off the things that are not of Him um, because He wants to save you. Um, A dangerous place to be is in a place of mixture where, like I said before, some things are of God, some things aren't. And that is the human condition. Sometimes we all do that a bit, but we need to cut off, allow Him to burn up the things that are not of Him. Let that consuming fire Burn those things up. Don't be attached to them. Yeah, so I just think the longer you go building on what isn't of Him, the more pain for you. (laughs) It sounds so negative and I say it with a smile, but it's true. (laughs) The more pain for you. So the second scripture is Hebrews 12, 25 to 29. So this speaks specifically of shaking. And you'll see that shaking... And his voice, hearing his voice are related in this scripture because it starts off, the heading is, uh, it starts off, see that you do not refuse him who speaks. And then it goes on to say, once more I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. This indicates the removal of those things that are being shaken as of those things that are made, that the things which cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear for our God is a consuming fire. There it is again. So God warns us, don't refuse my voice. 
because I'm gonna shake the heavens and the earth again. So he's saying, if you want to survive the shaking, hear my voice, don't refuse it. Uh, Through the shaking, the things that are not of him fall away because they can't stand. But what remains is what cannot be shaken, his kingdom, and that is what we're going to receive. So this is incredible. So the second purpose of the shaking here is to actually give you an inheritance. It's to give you the unshakable kingdom as your inheritance. So his shaking is his mercy. Some of us can be so grafted into the the systems of the world and they're doomed, they're failing, they're declining, but it's like we're so attached to them. Um, If they fail, we fail. If they go down, we go down. And God is giving us an opportunity before the shaking to reposition our lives. Um, So, you know, a good example of this is Abraham and Sarah. Uh, In Genesis 12, 10, um, it talks about how in that chapter that Abraham, you know, God actually comes to him and he speaks with him and he says, "Um, I'm I'm calling you out of your father's house because I wanna bless you. I wanna make you a great nation uh, and through you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. And he speaks these incredible promises over Abraham's life. Let me tell you, that was God's preceding word for Abraham. That was his daily bread. So Abraham leaves his father's house because Abraham's father was a, a pagan moon worshipper. Abraham, somehow Abraham has a connection with the, his heavenly father, the God of heaven and earth. And God calls him out of that environment because he wants to build him into a great nation and bless him. So he's got this incredible promise over his life, this preceding word that leads him out of his father's house. Everything is known. He takes his wife. He goes to uh, around the region of Bethel. He pitches his tent. He um, calls upon the name of the Lord. He worships God there. This man is living under an open heaven. But then... The next verse talks about how there was a severe famine in the land and it says, uh, and Abraham, so also Abraham came to Canaan and God showed him that that was the land he would give to his descendants. Um, So he's really living in in that promise of God. And then uh, there's a severe famine in the land and what does Abraham do? He just packs up and goes straight to Egypt. There was no inquiring of God. There was no consideration of the preceding word he just received from God. He just packed up, went to Egypt. (laughs) And Egypt is representative in the Scripture of the systems of the world. It was the big empire of of ancient times. Um, And it represents the systems of the world. So it's like what we do. God can speak to us. We can be in this place of open heaven. Even on a Sunday, His presence is in our heart. And then through the week, something happens. We don't even consider what what He told us on Sunday. We don't even inquire of Him or ask of Him. We just run straight to the systems of the world. And this is why God shakes you. Because the world is not your Jehovah Jireh. The world is not your provider. The world, you know what? Egypt could feed Abraham, but it did not, could not give him life. In Egypt, everything fell apart for Abraham and Sarah. Everything came crashing down. They actually ended up uh, in contention, strife, 
their lives were threatened and Pharaoh himself kicked them them out of Egypt, escorted them out with his guards. So the point is, you might think it's an easy, it's an easy out. Like, you know, I I know myself, we've we've been through times of intense financial hardship. And I was like, maybe I could get a job back here or back there or, you know, and none of that is bad on the surface, not at all. But in the heart, in my heart, I was looking to someone and something else to provide for our needs. And everything I tried fell apart, it didn't work. And it was like through that hardship, I thank God for it. He shook us because through that hardship, I found Jehovah Jireh. And now it's like we live, we're not wealthy, um, but we live in a different place. It's like that suffering, that testing repositioned us. We learned obedience. And when it comes to finance and the way we operate now, it is complete, there's a grace on it. It's completely different. Um, And there's no 10 steps to success. There's none of that kind of thing. It's a repositioning of the heart. So I no longer look to our Egypt, our world systems to provide for us. I, it's like we come to God and we're like, God, what do we do? What's the next step? And then literally a day or two later, the door will open and we know it's God. That is Jehovah Jireh. So that is where, you know, don't go running in the opposite direction. Go back. If you're, if you're struggling with anything, with any need, go back to the last preceding word He gave you and focus on that. Drill into that. And then do you know what the next thing, amazing thing you can do is? Meet with your leader, with your pastor, with someone who um, you trust in your life and say, what do you think of this? And let them speak into you because that whole time God will be laying a foundation or building upon that foundation and you can adjust your life um, into a place of blessing and protection and provision. So... Um, actually, Abraham and Sarah, they actually were such a disaster to Egypt that they that plagues were released upon Egypt because of them. I never realised all of this, but you can go and read it for yourself. But that's, that's the amount of disaster that happens when we run in the wrong direction. <laughs> so don't, don't neglect what God is saying to you in this season. So, uh, you know, in Matthew 7, it it talks about when we hear His Word and we do it, we are like a house built on the rock. It describes how the shaking comes, the rain descends, the floods come, the winds blow and beat on that house. That It's almost like not even normal weather. It's sort of describing Gippsland's severe weather (laughs) during winter and spring. That's what it sounds like. Like it's beating on the house. Everything's coming down upon that house. Um, But that house stays standing because it is founded on the rock. It is built on the rock. Where every time you hear God's Word and you do it and you receive it, you are repositioning your life from the the shifting sand onto the rock. And it doesn't matter what comes against it, it can't be crippled, it can't fall down. Um, <clears throat> so Haggai 2.7, 
This is the last scripture about about a shaking. It says, Be strong, I will shake the nations and they will come to the desire of all nations. That's speaking of Jesus. And I will fill the temple with glory. The silver and the gold are mine. The glory of the latter temple will be greater than the former and I will give peace. Wow, there are so many keys in here. So God shakes things so that people come to Him. You know, there are actually captives within the system of the world. You can, you know, you can be, people can look like their lives are fantastic, but you can be so enslaved through debt or through all sorts of things that keep you captive to a system. And you've got, you're like a hamster on a wheel. You can't stop because it will all implode. That is not freedom. That is not where God wants you to live. He wants to release you from that. So um, God shakes things. So those captives get set free from those systems and they can come to the desire of all nations. All nations desire, truly desire Jesus and His kingdom because there is, there's nothing better. Um, the second thing is that there is a manifestation of His glory in the church, in the temple. So when God shakes the systems of the world, Yep, it might be scary. Yep, there are, you know, it might expose some of our attachments and enslavements there. But you can get set free from that, come to His kingdom. And not only that, His glory will manifest in His temple. This is where, you know, an Isaiah 60 moment happens. Arise, shine, your light has come. The glory of the Lord is risen upon you. It describes the wealth of nations coming to God's people coming to His temple, coming to His church. It describes kings uh, kings coming. Uh, this, is, this is what God wants to do in His church. He is, you know, one of Pastor Brian's favourite sayings is that before the second coming of Jesus, we will see the second coming of His church. His church is not going to be this scared, intimidated, silent little little false organisation. It is the church of the living God. He's going to raise it up. He's going to rebuild it on the foundation of Jesus Christ and He is going to reveal His glory in the church so that when everything else shakes, people come. People come to His light here. Um, Just an example, there's a lot of people that are completely unrelated and disconnected to each other who come into this building and said, this reminds me of an ark so random, but it's God. It's God speaking. And I really believe, you know, this preceding Word, if you can hear it and adjust your life to it, you won't just survive the shaking. You'll be the Noah that builds the ark, that others can be saved from from whatever's happening out there in here. So uh, it's like there is a grace on this house to build strong, build counterculturally and become a safe haven for people where they can find God, they can rebuild their lives, they can cut off the enslavement of the past and they can come into everything He has for them. Praise God we're in this house. Amen. Praise God for this house. I love it. (laughs) Okay. So, um, you know, I was speaking to to someone who was telling me his testimony, Julian and I, and he said, Not only was he an atheist, he was an aggressive atheist, like a nasty one. This person isn't nasty, but he used to be a nasty atheist. And he said he had two things that he that were like his idols, his gods, and it was medicine and law. 
and both failed him spectacularly and they were both worthless to him. And it's like every, those systems came tumbling down in his life and through it, he actually did a 180 and he came to God and came to the church and his life is being rebuilt. That is the way God works when there's shaking. I was like, wow, you're the first fruit of this, of the shaking. I thought that, you know, how does, how does this work? How do people come to Him when everything else is shaken? It's because people come, they, their idols fall and they're looking to put their trust in something. We all put our trust in something. Let it be Jesus. Let it be the unshakable rock of our salvation. So... Um, not only that, this Scripture talks about through shaking, there is wealth transfer and there is peace. So when you receive your daily bread, His preceding Word, you follow it, you're repositioning your life from the shifting sand of the world's systems to the unshakable rock of God's Kingdom. So now I'm going to talk about some problems. <laughs> that some of us need help hearing. <laughs> some of us are hard of hearing. Um, we've been so conditioned not to hear Him and so conditioned by the world to be so cynical or distrusting or so hurt that it's like we, we don't know how to tune in. Um, so I want to talk about some keys to hearing and responding. I've got four because this is what, this is the one thing that will reposition us and help us survive the shaking. So the first one is receive it into your hearts, receive the Word into your hearts. Now, when we talk about the preceding Word, there's, there's, um, there's seven aspects to the Word of God, and I can't remember all of them, but one is the Logos Word, that's the written Word, the Bible. The, and then there's the revelation word, the preceding word. This is what God is speaking prophetically. It will always be confirmed through Scripture. It will never be in uh, contradiction to the Logos word. But it's what God is speaking in this exact season into your specific uh, context. So it often comes corporately. Um, but when you receive it, it, God will show you how to apply it individually, but the answer is receiving it first. So receive it into your hearts. So hearing is like digesting food. The Word becomes part of you. It's not just like bread sitting on a plate and you're like, oh, thanks for that Word, Pastor Brian, or whoever it was who spoke to you, or God. Thanks, I'm just going to leave it there. <laughs> it looks good. It looks great. I'll get some more next Sunday when I come back. Cool, thank you, goodbye. Like, you've got to take the Word. Take it and ingest the Word. You've got to receive it into your hearts. You know, the Bereans in Acts 17, 11, they are a model of receiving the words. It says that they were more noble. These people were not more noble than the Thessalonians. Why? Because they received the Word with all readiness, the Bible says. Then they searched the Scriptures to find out whether these things were so. That We get it the wrong way around. We go, oh, I don't know about that. You know, I'm just going to... And we never go and search the Scripture if we don't receive it first because we're like, well, maybe, maybe not. 
And there are times where you need to do that. But if you're in the house of God and if you're under a man or woman of God who are accurate, they don't have to be perfect, but accurate, hearts are true and hearts are right. You are in a safe place. Receive that Word. So that some, some translations say that the Bereans received it with all joy. Others say all readiness. Either way, they were positioned and ready to receive the preceding Word of God every single time. And then they went and checked the Scriptures and confirmed it. Uh, so it actually says in the Scripture that they were more noble than the Thessalonians because they did this. So that's how you receive the Word. Um, you receive it into your heart and it begins shifting impossible things in your life. From, it's like from the inside out. It moves you to a place of covering and protection. So... Um, don't cut it off. Don't cut off the Word before you can receive it. The second key is understand that this is your responsibility. It is no, one's, no one else's. This is a real sign of maturity. So, you know, it's just the human condition that we can pass the buck and we can not take responsibility. We could come up with a million excuses as to why we can't receive the Word of God through others especially. Um, so it could be like, I don't like the, the way they deliver it. I don't like their pronunciation. These are all things I've heard. They're actually legit examples. <laughs> I don't like the way Pastor Brian says human. <laughs> you know, oh, it's too masculine or it's too this or it's too that or... You know, there are a million ways. Oh, they, they preach too long. Let's quickly check my timer. Woo, it's a long one. Okay, I'm nearly done. <laughs> that might be legitimate. No, but there can be a million reasons why you can't receive the Word. And that is up to you. But I want to encourage you, try suspending that for a minute and just try what happens if you do, I remember being so stuck because I'd grown up, I loved God, I loved this church, but I had grown up in such hostility to God and such hostility to the church, like real hostility, real hostility to the church. My head had been filled with these things and I didn't realise that what I had heard had actually repositioned me to a place of cynicism, unbelief. The Bible actually describes it as hardness of heart. And I was stuck and I was in a place, I wasn't in a place of life, I was in a place of death and things were hard. Things were crumbling around me. But the people who had said those things, they were long gone and they didn't care about me, but they'd planted seeds that were sabotaging my walk with God. And I, I remember going, God, what is it? What do I do? And I remember there's a scripture that uh, in the Bible that says, if you, cannot uh, if you cannot love your brother who you can see, how can you love God who you can't see? And I remember God saying, that's the key. Um, just substitute the word love there with anything else. If you can't hear from the brother who you can see? How can you hear from a God you can't see? If you can't trust the brother you can see, how can you trust the God you can't see? What I realised was there is a principle in it that my 
I can say that I'm close to God and I'm hearing from Him, but if I can't receive His Word from others that He's put in my life, I am fooling myself. That's the measurement of my openness to God. God puts people in your life. He puts a brother, a sister, a spiritual mother, a spiritual father, spiritual aunties and uncles. He puts people, authority in your life that represents Him. You need to draw near to that relationship because that's life to you. Um, And I started going, I'm actually going to shelve all those things that are in my mind that are telling me why I shouldn't. And I'm just going to try it once. I'm just going to try this once. And if it doesn't work, then I know I was right. I tried it once and my life completely changed. (laughs) And now I feel like every time I preach, I mention something on this topic because the people God puts in your life are His provision for you. They are part of His provision plan. Let's like Jehovah Jireh, please provide for me. And He's like, I've given you a man of God, follow Him. I remember this time, a time in my life where I went through a big crisis and I said, I was a mature Christian and it's like I lost all sense of direction. And I said, God, I literally prayed this, God, I don't know what way is up, what way is down. I'm surrounded by darkness. I cannot see any light. And he said, that's okay. You don't need to see. You don't need to know the way. I gave you a leader, follow him. (laughs) And I was like, wow. It's like for the first time, I was like, oh, this is what leaders are for, to lead. Oh, (laughs) you know, we can get so familiar, so familiar that we think it's a position. We think pastor is a position. The person who grabs the mic or speaks or whatever. It is a function. It is a grace in the house of God. Let people lead you. Let God lead you through people. You will have a breakthrough after breakthrough. Um, So, so back to the point, because I went off on the tangent. Back to the point. The point was, Uh, It is your responsibility to hear and to respond. So, um, you know, it's not biblical to cut off the Word because of whoever's whoever's delivering it to you. Um, It's actually in the parable of the sower, it it doesn't say one thing about the way the sower sows. It says everything about the soil the seed, seed is received into. The success of the seed's growth is not determined by the sower. It's determined by the heart of the receiver. So you could sit there and think there are a million, you know, inaccuracies in someone's life, you know, whoever's ministering to you. But it's, we fail to see our own heart, to check our own heart, the soil of our heart. You know what? The seed is good. The sower is fine. Just focus on your heart and you will be able to break through. And then the last point, oh yeah, there's only three points. (laughs) The last point is submission and obedience. And I did go on a a tangent to this before, um, but I wanted to say this is so important because to truly listen is a great act of humility. You know, the Proverbs, when I, I, I love telling my kids this, <laughs> you read the book of Proverbs, boys. Do you know what it says in there? Tune your ear to your father and mother. Apply their laws to your heart. You know, it, it is all on the sun, all the responsibility. It's like, um, and I know in our home, 
we're throwing it out there all the time, you know, things about God, things of, you know, wisdom that we've found. But I'm like, come on, guys, are you picking it up? Come on. <laughs> did you hear? Did you understand? What did I say? Repeat it to me. <laughs> so, so it actually all through Proverbs, if you read it, you will, you will see that the responsibility is on you. It's not on the, the father and the mother to continually chase you up. It's actually, there's wisdom in them. There's wisdom. There's things of God coming through them. And it's up to you to incline your ear, to, to turn your heart, to apply it to your life, to apply your heart to that understanding. So I just wanted to encourage you that, you know, that <laughs> obedience and submission can reposition you out of the systems of the world and into Goshen. You know, imagine, you know, when Egypt was being hit by the plagues, Goshen was safe. Why was it safe? It wasn't automatically safe. There were things that the Israelites had to do to stay under God's protection. And the first step was listening to the instruction of Moses. So God always puts a spiritual authority in our lives. Don't neglect that relationship. Don't think you can do it without that relationship. It's actually the measure of your submission to God. And you know, if, those, if the Israelites had have neglected Moses' leadership and hadn't followed his instruction, they would have lost their firstborn sons, but it saved them. It brought them into a place of safety. So God can speak. He speaks through people. He speaks through the authority that He's put in your life. He speaks through your church. He speaks through your pastors. And, you know, I've looked back at my life and realised there is so much pain that I was saved from because I submitted things, because I let people lead me. Even sometimes, you know, I've been here 25 years I haven't agreed every single time. But when that happens, I put a pause on it and I just wait and I let God, I trust God and it's like He brings us into a state of agreement somewhere along the line. So there is so much safety in it. So I just wanted to encourage you, um, don't, you know, don't sleepwalk through difficult or into a shaking. Let's prepare before the shaking comes. Let's reposition our life. Let's, you know, when you pray to our Father and you say, give us this day our daily bread, you're gonna pray that differently next time. I'm praying it differently. I'm gonna continue praying it differently because I realise that there is an incredible treasure of His Word that is coming out of this house for this season. You know, I truly believe that it's not just about surviving the shaking. It's actually, be, it's, it's actually about, you know, becoming an ark that helps other people survive the shaking, becoming a refuge, becoming a place of safety, leading people to Jesus. So, I don't know, maybe we'll pray. I'm, I'm, I would love to pray for people this morning, but maybe if we could all stand and we'll all pray together. I just believe there is like such a grace in this season and in this house 
to reposition, to find a new place in the Spirit, to leave behind old things that are enslaving us and come into a place of safety and provision, like under an open heaven. So Lord Jesus, we just lift up our lives before You this morning, Lord. We thank You. God, we just wanna thank You that we are Your buildings. We wanna thank You, Lord Jesus, for the foundation You are laying in our lives. Lord God, we just open our hearts to You this morning, Lord, and we pray, have Your way in us, Lord Jesus. God, we thank You. We thank You that You are a God who is merciful and loving. You are a God who saves and protects and heals and provides. And God, this morning we connect with You in that way. Lord, we pray, move us, move us from wherever we are that is not of You. Lord God, burn up the things that are not of You. And Lord God, move us to a place of life and a place of blessing. God, open our ears to let us hear Your Word in a different way. Lord, just as You said when You were on this earth, over and over, He who has ears, let Him hear. Lord Jesus, open our ears and let, let us hear Your voice. Let us hear in a new way this morning. God, in a way that brings us into a new season, a new place in You. God, we just surrender everything, Lord Jesus. Lord, we just exalt You as our Saviour, our King, our Heavenly Father, our Jehovah Jireh, our Provider. We thank You, Lord, that when You speak, you bring salvation, You bring life, You bring Your glory. Lord, we thank You, Lord God, that even the, even the pain we have felt, Lord, even the times of shaking and trial and testing, You've done it in Your mercy, God. Just as Jesus learned obedience by the things He suffered, God, I thank You, Lord, that we can learn we can learn by the hard times. And we pray, God, that we won't need to repeat the lessons You're trying to give us. God, we pray, we open our hearts. We pray, do a work in our hearts. Let that soil of our heart, let the ground of our heart be so ready and so prepared to receive Your seed. Lord God, that it can grow strong, it can grow healthy. It can bear much fruit in our lives. Lord God, right this morning, every heart that is in this place, God, we offer it up to You, Lord Jesus. We invite You in. Every heart in this place, we invite You in. Lord, we don't wanna keep any door closed. Lord, every section of our hearts, even the, the deepest, darkest crevices, the wicked places, just like the Bible says that the heart can be deceitful and wicked. God, we invite You into those dark places, the places we're ashamed of, the places that we've failed, the places where we've hidden from You. Lord, we just pray, let Your Spirit come in, let Your presence come in, let it fill, fill every single place. Our hearts are Yours this morning, 100% of our hearts. Lord, we, want, we don't wanna hold anything back. We don't wanna see things consumed by fire and we don't wanna feel that pain. God, we wanna give You 
100% of our hearts right now, Lord Jesus. Lord, we thank You that above all else, You are our great reward. You are our beautiful treasure. You're our great reward. Lord Jesus, we just exalt You this morning. We just worship You. We invite Your presence. We welcome Your Spirit. Lord, we draw near to You, knowing that You'll draw us to Yourself, to Your heart. God, we just trust You, Lord Jesus. God, we just turn our eyes from the world, from everything else that we've put trust in. God, where we have looked to the world to be our providers and our healers, our gyras and our raffers. God, we just, we cast down those idols right now. Lord, let every eye in this place turn to You. Lord, we lift our eyes to You. We know where our help comes from. Lord, we worship You this morning.